easier to trick the kids. Santa's coming. So aren't the commies. What's been in Twasha? <laughs> you gotta slam grandma. You gotta do it. It's the 413 love to everybody listen to our show. It's a Tuesday night. You've got no Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the 413 podcast featuring the PCB peeps. Good evening, everyone. Yo! Ho! Ho, 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 hello. It's going to be an interesting Christmas list. Oh! Oh, Merry Christmas indeed. And tonight we are bringing you the Christmas as we're calling it, craptacular. <laughs> Reason being is we were kind of daring each other to watch bad Christmas movies and come back and talk about them on the podcast. And I think it was Abby's idea to all watch the same, what we assume was going to be a bad Christmas movie. And it did not disappoint because it was awful. So <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We'll mention what that is momentarily. We're going to talk about a... I guess we can call it maybe viral Christmas song at this point from back in the probably what late fifties, early sixties. I didn't actually check the date on it. A very twisted, fucked up Christmas song that took us on a roller coaster ride. It's definitely a virus. And it's never a PCB peeps uh, night without having a little bit of uh, trivia here that Abby's going to present us with, <laughs> and maybe a couple F Mary kills. We'll see. That's just the way we roll. Hopefully. You're all caught up on our episodes. You listened to the 80s theme from last week, which we had a lot of fun doing, and we're ready to bring you the 90s pretty soon as well. But tonight is all about the Christmas craptacular. Ho, ho, ho. And without further ado, let's get into it. So what did we watch for a film? You're probably all asking yourselves. And if I tell you, you're probably still not going to know that this ever existed, but we watched Home Alone Part 4 Ugh. called Taking Back the House Yep, from 2002. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Oh, man. I think it's important to note, though, that Home Alone 4 is actually Home Alone 3. Correct. This yeah. is as if Home Alone 3 never existed. It's an actual sequel. Here's the thing. In the film, they try to play it off as a sequel. But timeline-wise, it actually feels like this would be number two in the sequence. Yeah. Because I think his age is supposed to be like... Nine. Nine in this. But in yeah. Home Alone 2, he's actually 10, I think. So... Yeah. Oh, it's a shoot, little bit right. weird. I think they just have to keep him under 10 to make it interesting. So maybe they, they were... the parents. The timeline's got so many problems to it. Like... But the mom the timeline. Well, more than just time. <laughs> There's a lot of problems. <laughs> but the mother says, she says, how many times can I lose this kid or something? So it clearly feels Without like she's DCF saying. Without DCF getting involved. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the cat came back. Well, and like. Fucking kid. <laughs> the kid does say to his dad at one point, did I tell you about Marv? Mm, I have a problem with that. <laughs> There's a pro we have a problem with a lot of things. All right, but anyway, so this is this is actually a made-for-television Christmas film um, from the wonderful world of Disney, aired on ABC in 2002. I think it went right to DVD at that point, which I'm actually going to say probably right to VHS because I doubt for sure they probably printed it on that first. Nothing to do with John Hughes. I'll make sure I mention that, except that they you. did recycle the characters. Right, so Home Alone 3 was kind of trying to do its own thing, but Home Alone 4 just picks up again where Home Alone 2 leaves off, uses the same characters over, so there's, you know, a lot to be said there. Directed by Rod Daniel. <laughs> this was the last film that he directed. 
He's got a pretty solid IMDb page where he directed such films as Teen Wolf, one of Andy's favorites, along with favorite Halloween costume. So (laughs) quite disappointing that uh, this film came from him. He also directed um, 1991's The Super with Joe Pesci, but was unable to get Joe Pesci for this film. (laughs) Apparently, they did not even ask Joe Pesci if he wanted to be in this film, but they did ask (laughs) Daniel Stern. And Daniel Stern basically said, you know what? I may be interested. Read the script and said, what a pile of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy is this guy is famous for getting hit in the nuts in movies. And he's like, this film is too much of a pile of shit for me to be in. So I have integrity. That, that should tell you something. <laughs> now, I, I want to get a little bit into the plot. And then I'm going to kind of go around and try to get some initial impressions from you guys. So plot wise, we've got. The same cast of characters, couple changes. The McAllister family is now a broken home. Okay. Mm. Peter, the father, as he would say in uh, the talk boy, he is now <laughs> living with a girlfriend and he's separated from his wife, Kate. For eight months. They only have three kids in this scenario, not five. Yeah, where'd the other two go? <laughs> I'm sure that they lost them too. The track record of this family is not good. So they could be in New York. I don't know. Kevin is longing for a normal Christmas with the full family. He's not going to get it. He's watching an old tape from the previous year. When he was by himself. Right. When he would have been by himself in New York. So I didn't, I didn't get that footage somehow, but he's looking at a video from the previous year and he's longing for this Christmas thing. And meanwhile, he's just getting tortured by Buzz and Megan, his siblings. They're fucking with him nonstop. And finally, he decides, well, I'm going to leave my home and go (laughs) live with my dad and his girlfriend. And the dad and the girlfriend live together in this amazing smart home, which we find out in 2002. Very rich girlfriend. Very rich. What what does she actually do? She's, She's very charitable, but I don't know what her actual position is. They don't wealthy. Well, they yeah, yeah. Just, the thing in the very beginning that was it. It's like we just made Elite. two million for charity tonight, and that's yeah. the only time that anything was even mentioned that made her not seem just like a rich, stuck-up lady. Just yeah, and we find out in this scenario that Peter is um, what they say he's like a um, publicity kind of guy. Yeah, PR person. PR yeah. person. Yeah, so. He's doing that kind of thing. They live in a smart house, which they can say they have these remote controls that are the keys. They can say open door. Oh, oh we're going to talk about this. Mind you, like this is 2002. So this was probably like the most cutting edge thing in the world. And now you're like, um, yeah, I got one of those things at Walmart for like 1495. I can like open and close my door with it. So it's not that exciting anymore. Um, but while Kevin is there, Marv who was played by Daniel Stern originally is now played by French Stewart and how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) I thought he did a good job. This is, this is fresh off of third rock from the sun, French Stewart. And he is a pile of dog shit in this. I got this script. I, I would say, I don't think it's his fault. I'm just plotting. Let me plot. I apologize. I won't. Marv, instead of being with Harry, because Joe Pesci did not want to be in this, he's now with his wife instead, who is a complete moron. And they plan on breaking into the house and kidnapping a soon-to-be guest who is the (laughs) Prince of England? That's what's implied, yeah. They never go out and say it. Just royal, uh, royal prince. So Kevin overhears this and is thinking, I'm going to stop this from happening. (laughs) And we roll into it from there. Okay. So we got the basic plot line down here. So a couple of questions for you all. Mm. Everyone agree that the house was way less impressive, like the McAllister house. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Like what happened there? They went from wealthy to middle class. (laughs) They didn't have rights to film in that other house. Well, they didn't even film it on the continent. They didn't yeah. film it in Chicago. It was filmed in South uh, South Africa. There you go. Wow. I was wondering. I was like, wow, the skies are really blue for December in Chicago. <laughs> well, that, they made a joke. I think Peter said <laughs> the, un- Sandy Beach. 
He says the unseasonably warm weather we're having in Chicago right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Maybe that's a, a little poke at fun there. The other thing is, is the mom, Kate McAllister, she's significantly hotter in this. I mean, no offense oh, to wicked. Catherine O'Hara. I'd but, take Catherine O'Hara over her any day. Well, <laughs> any day. We, we figured that. Yeah. <laughs> but man, she's a, she's a snack in this. Um, Peter McAllister, not much to look at. Uh, he wasn't originally. Yeah. And to be honest, like we knew the divorce was coming because he was a dick in the first movie. He was a dick in the first movie. But this movie, dude, he's fucking ridiculous, man. He's just the same guy. They were like, this is the character. That's the only character that continued, I believe, fully throughout the series. They were like, we got this guy written. His down. first minute in the movie, he's like, yeah, I know it's three days before Christmas, but I want the kids to come see my new fiance. Oh, by the way, the divorce isn't settled yet, but I'm going to get married to this girl. Like, dude's the biggest douchebag. Yeah, yeah, because I, he sucked. They lost their house because of him. And then he just decided to marry the freaking rich dumbass next door. And like, come on, his wife's surprised. Like, he was like this in college, girl. He was like this when you met him. Come on. Yeah, he's he's punching a little bit. Now, the thing is, like, the girlfriend's obviously, like, madly in love with him. And she's gorgeous. Yeah, dude. Smoke show. She's in love with him. And then you've got the wife at home. And... And initially you're like, okay, he's moving on. She doesn't seem to have anyone kicking around yet, but she's still wearing the wedding ring. And that made me sad. Oh, I didn't see that. She had a big old rock on her finger and she was not taking it off. He was not wearing his wedding ring, obviously, but that felt a little bit, a little shitty. I have questions about Kevin. What did you guys think (laughs) of the Kevin in this? Oh, he's the reason they got divorced. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Played by Mike Weinberg. Too young for the role. He was dog shit in this. I he was so bad. All the characters had zero personality in this film. Like French yeah. Stewart outshined everybody. I mean, he well, was but, the before star we get into French, I, I want I want yeah. more about Kevin here, Jared. Yeah. So let's pretend we only have Macaulay Culkin at this point, and we go into this film. How does this kid compare to Macaulay Culkin? Seems a little bit absent. You can't compare to like the best child actor though. Like you got Macaulay Culkin and then you like, you know, there's very few really good movie star actors for kids. And it's like Macaulay Culkin's like lightning in a bottle. Great point. Then don't call this home alone four because fucking hey, this kid cannot hold a candle. I guess it all just felt very choppy to me. Like everything, everywhere. Agreed. So he's not acting as Kevin McAllister. He's acting as Macaulay Culkin playing Kevin McAllister. He's mm. trying to like use Macaulay Culkin's timing and mannerisms. And, yeah, and I think that's where he goes wrong. He probably would have been fine if he didn't try to do that. Also, hot take here: um, the kid is ugly too. Um, <laughs> now, here's the thing. Here's my hot take: you can call a kid ugly if they're now an adult. That's just a fact. There's no more hurting feelings. If they're still a kid, you can't call a kid ugly. If they're an adult now, you can call them as a kid ugly. You just fair enough. That's my hot take. And this kid, you could park Gravedigger between his eyes. What is wrong with his face? (laughs) I'm going to say this, though. You, You blame the kid. I blame the director. Like, this is what the kid's doing. What's the director saying behind the scenes, right? The director What's has the director is suffering from Parkinson's at this point and retires mm. right after this film. I think he was completely checked out on this one. Of 100%. Exactly. So it's it's like he's part of casting. He's supposed to be directing it. Like it would be like me crashing my car and blaming my son for sitting in the back seat, right? Like, Vin, you crashed my car. I'm the one driving it. The director I mean- is is responsible. If you could, you totally would. Listen, all right. I don't want my insurance to go up. All right. <laughs> Am I wrong about I this, did. Abby? The kid's kind of ugly, right? That just me. Oh, the kid is awful. Okay. He's he's super ugly, and he is like no charm, none. Okay. Yeah, the Thank charisma you. non-existent. Because the director was doing a friend a favor and was like, hey, I got to make this movie and I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to make a shitty movie in a good location so I can have a vacation. You want to come? Yeah, let's put your kid in it. All right. So I'm glad we all agree on the Kevin. He was he sucked. 
Jared's point, super choppy. He tried to act like Macaulay Culkin. Like wasn't. The whole movie, just the way it was filmed, cut, I don't know. The cuts. Well, it was terrible. made for TV, so I think they were probably working around commercials, potentially. So like that's why I think some of the cuts were a little bit more drastic than they may have been outside it of that. Could be. But if I, I noticed, something's probably wrong because I yeah, didn't see any okay, of that shit. <laughs> I was like, something just seems weird here. I don't know. There was a lot of like, um, uh, like that star effect, but it was more of this like box closing, like all all these cuts in there, and yeah. the montages, which were great for the first two Home Alone movies, were just so forced and contrived in this movie. It's just like they're they're, they're trying to cut and paste something with zero heart and zero story like this family just to, seems yeah. like miltose and bleh. yeah they no tried to character. raise the stakes with now it's going for yeah human or kidnapping instead yeah. of just people breaking into a house and him defending it and what do we think about the age discrepancies between the the siblings i kind of feel like it made sense to have Buzz older in the first two movies, like in comparison, mm -hmm. because then it made him more of that bully. I felt like they they were really close in age in this one. Even Megan, it felt like they were they could have all been twins or something, or triplets. I didn't feel like they were f far enough in age, which I thought was a big miss. I didn't pay enough attention. The one thing that I liked about Biff was he Buzz. wore the same. Or, Make like a tree, Bill, and get out of here. <laughs> Bill, we're not talking about Back to the Future. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I like this wardrobe, though, because uh, yeah, I okay. wore the same he dressed thing like in you. 2002. <laughs> <laughs> All the way down to the boombox. <laughs> he, he did look pretty good on that. Um, by the way, I, I also have another beef here is can the art directors in films stop trying to show family photos? Can they just stop? Because they always do the same thing where they take a family photo that was taken like yesterday and try to make it seem like it's been up on the wall for 10 years. It's like these kids grow up very fast. You know, they don't look the same year over year. Trying to put Kevin in that like Christmas film from the year before and he looks exactly the same and saying it was a year ago. Like, please just stop. Just don't even do it. Or enough kids look similar that you could just put any other kid with dark hair in the film at five years old and you could say that was Kevin. No one's going to know. I mean, you would have to Photoshop his eyes much further apart to really have a track. But just saying, like, let's stop faking it. Just don't do it. We don't need it. Bill, you had a point. Yeah, I, I think they should have just put the original Home Alone on the video there, and it would have been so much better. Now, I mean, the Shot for Shot remake would have been better too. Well, true. <laughs> I wanted to. See, I really wanted to see in this when he got in that really crazy, excellent room full of a thousand screens. Hear me out, Angels with the filthiest souls. Oh, 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 oh like, I'm dope. talking the filthiest souls. And it had to be on, on DVD because that room was just too advanced to have that on VHS. But instead, they tried to use a similar concept of that by using Marv's voice on that recording. That scene was so stupid. It was bad. <laughs> I have to say that one thing I didn't like about it is I didn't like that they were doing the violence towards the woman. Is that, I don't know, if is that like sexist to say? Dude, no, I felt the same way, man. I'm like, ooh, this does not age well at all. They're just beating the shit out of this woman. Like yeah. everything that Marv is getting, she's getting to it. Just, it didn't feel right to me. I think, you know, as, as the only woman on the podcast, I believe that if you are trying to abduct a child, you can get the shit beat out of you. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you, okay. seems kind of fitting, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, it, it's like, be like, oh my God, that guy hit that woman. He should get in trouble. You're like, yeah, but she hit, she was grabbing my son and pulling him away. Like, yeah, I, I had I think to send my child. It was more in the scene when she was driving and like it starts with a push and then they like start to like almost get to like punch at each other. And the van's swerving all over the place. I'm like, ooh. It's, well, yeah, it's pretty I creepy. mean, the whole <laughs> so, thing doesn't age well, but no. <laughs> So Missy Pyle, who plays Vera in this, Marv's wife, um, she's in a lot of stuff. She's got a pretty massive IMDb page as well, like a lot of 
you know, random doodads here and there. What is her accent in this movie? Oh, she is trying. <laughs> she is trying to do like 1940s New York or something. Like I'll I'll give it to French Stewart, a classically trained actor, is actually nailing the <laughs> Chicago accent in this. She is going to say that. <laughs> She said the Titanic. She exactly. She's like way out of whack. Hot dogs for 10 cents. That's what I'm saying though. Where is the director? Like you're watching the movie, right? I'm watching the movie with my son Oliver and I'm like, it seems like someone put a camera on a tripod and was like, hey, this is the scene. Go. Walked away. And then that was it. Like that was it. Like, and they kind of just did it. And then they were like, cool. Right. Like I would, I would imagine they never redid any of the scenes Like, <laughs> yeah. from start to finish. This is the first take filmed first in a week. Gold. I agree. Yeah. Gold filmed in order. Start to finish. French Stewart's like, are we, are we serious right now? And they're like, yeah, here's your check. Let's go. We Airbnb this place for a week. We're done. In much like listening to a rap song from the early 2000s, I feel like the flexing of the smart house is really non-impressive. Like I mentioned before, just watching all the different features and stuff. It's kind of like when you listen to a Nelly song now and he's like, I got a navigation in my car and I got heated seats. And you're like, okay, that's like a standard civic these days. You know, you're like, yeah. it's not that impressive, but it's funny listening back to it. So that was kind of this watching back the smart house in this scenario was that it just, it felt like it was less than impressive. One question I do have, and I don't want to step on it too much, but how did we have a voice controlled gas fireplace that also created ash that we needed to vacuum later? There was gas fire, but there was also a log on it. Yeah. But when the, when she turned the fireplace off, there was nothing to extinguish the log. It just turned off. <laughs> So it clearly wasn't actually burning a log. I just thought that they that they had to the show f- the fucking vacuum in the scene, and they showed it vacuuming that. Like, yeah. vacuum up some Cheerios. Why yeah. Vacuum up ash from a fireplace that we already know is not a real wood fireplace. And how yeah. does it know to vacuum the fireplace? She just says vacuum. On. Yeah, wh- which door because am I opening? Because it's a smart house, oh. Bill. Jesus Christ. That's, it's a movie. Know, Suspend right? reality for a second, right? The doors. The, That's the, what kills me is if you're going to do that, then why do they have to take out the remote and put it up to their mouth every time? Like if you have to do something in, with your hands instead of just opening the door, just open the fucking door. And, and they, I, yeah. Oh, my God. A big right? time. And sometimes they don't even need the, the key. They're just like curtains closed. No one's holding a key and the curtain's just closed. I'm like, this makes no sense. What door are you opening? You said door open. Yeah, which Why door? Does, yeah, exactly. Door. Is it the kitchen door? Is it the uh, one of the 25 bedroom doors? Like, it makes no they sense. They all just open. No, they all open. That's the thing. Like, you the, open door. I guess that's true. They just never showed the other doors. That's true. They never showed the other doors. Can you the imagine Kevin house, like front door and all? Kevin's like, door open, and it just opens the door, and like, it's Prescott taking a shit. <laughs> That'd be epic. That's all I'd want to see. <laughs> Poor Prescott, too. I mean, that dude is also a pretty good actor, and he got... Dude, oh. a great actor. Look, oh. that's the thing. Like, they have some actual talented Talent. people, and, and, and they fucked this up so bad. They spoiled a little twist there could have been director. on the freaking Hulu card. Too, which is dumb. <laughs> it's that's not play, I was like, oh. director. It's just it, that's what it comes down to. Andy's right. I I really do think someone was sleeping on this, and it, it didn't feel like it was budgetary, right? Because like they had no. these they spent money there. on it. Felt like yeah, they they definitely spent money on it. The, the, yeah, and they like, got a that great... fucking shower scene. That's annoying. Like yeah. the entire thing pissed me off. All right, so cu- couple questions for the group here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Abby first. How many times did French Stork get nutted in this? <laughs> not that 312 many, if i remember i feel um, like it was twice <laughs> i feel like i just listened to the movie more than watched the movie i thought he got hit three times in the nuts you mean he got nutted just saying he got <laughs> thrown <laughs> around quite I think a bit. he got nutted three times i watched it with ali and i, I remember <laughs> laughing a couple times about it I really like it was three wow <laughs> Ali liked the okay. movie. I mean, I never showed him the other ones, so he didn't have a baseline. And then he wanted to see the other ones that he well, likes. I so mean, much that's better, the way to do but, it, to be fair, because yeah. it's only going yeah. up from here. 
So Although I don't know, three was I, awful as well. I, I can will just confirm say. it doesn't necessarily go up from here <laughs> because mm. I did watch Home Alone five directly after watching Home Alone four tonight. Oh, I meant going back Ooh. the other way. That'll have to be for but next yeah, year. Next year is six. <laughs> I can say six is not so bad. <laughs> okay, I buy that. All right, question for Jared. If this no. is a smart house where every door is controlled by a remote, why does the wine cellar have a regular lock on it that locks so them in the, the basement? So the kids can't steal the wine. I mean, at that point, it was just for crimes. So who knows? Maybe they like put something in front of the door. Okay. I mean, she doesn't have kids. Yeah, she has there's that no room. kids. That <laughs> well, she has that room. She wanted that them to be there, though, right? That's why she made that whole room out for them because she wanted she them made to that? stay with okay. them. Yeah. Three days ahead of time. Okay. I mean, it's okay. Let's can we be honest? Ridiculous room. She just wanted to brag. She was one of those rich people. We all know those people who are just they're always bragging. Like they pull up and you're like, oh hey, and they're like, you like the car? And you're like, oh yeah, I guess nice car. And they're like, yeah, it's a BMW. It's it's fully loaded. I mean, it's like, but I didn't ask. Okay, (laughs) I didn't ask because I don't care. I'm driving a 2011 Kia Soul. All right, there's fucking whipped cream on the front seat because I got my kid a fucking donut. All right, I don't give a shit. Whip, whip. So, so basically, we're saying that there's a lock on this this basement door to try to move the plot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the only reason. Well, there was a lot of those. Same thing with the last couple too. I mean, you have to to progress the story at all because otherwise, it would, it already falls apart if you look at it even a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it kind it's of feels like a House of Cards. Yeah, it almost seems like they shouldn't have locked Prescott in that freezer early on. They should have found a different way to like tie him up or something, and then lock both Kevin and Prescott in the freezer instead, which I thought would have been a better move. But I guess they yeah, have to use the got, dumb way. No, but if it's going to yeah, be any time, do a great callback for that awesome joke of the dumb waiter. Yeah. Okay, Andy, if. Kevin is the whole reason that things aren't progressing here. Why doesn't the maid just drug his French toast and like knock the kid out and fucking throw him in a sack somewhere? I mean, they're the McAllisters, right? DCF's not involved already, so you might as well just drug him because God knows no one's reporting them for child abuse when they should be. I mean, they left their kid in New York and all these other fucking places. Um, not yet. But, oh, that's true. Maybe. Not yet. To be uh, fair, he but, ran away in this one. Like, that's what I said, her. Jared. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just shitty writing, though. Like, right? Like, you watch it. It's like, why didn't they do this? Oh, because the writer was drunk and was given some money, wrote a shitty script. And then every time someone said, uh, what's supposed to happen here? They're like, oh, hold on. Yeah, that'll work. I think if the writer was drunk, it would have been a better script. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree. Okay, Bill. Why did the mom think it was funny that the kids basically tortured Kevin, right? Like, she's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Why was she letting this happen and this bullying happening to her poor young baby boy who clearly has problems? Yeah. And so they were they were trying to, to get to that scene where it's like, you know, when Kevin in the original was like, I wish my family didn't exist. Right. And it turns into, I wish I was an only child. And she like goes with the same gravitas after knowing that she's leaving her kid with a person that's going to just pick on him relentlessly. She's like, why are you upset about this? It makes no sense. She, she's completely in her own little world. I agree. And I will tell you that I paused the movie 15 minutes in and I texted Abby and I said, I know exactly what's going to happen in the plot. And I nailed it. I don't want to give away spoilers, but I knew the connection of the inside man, quote unquote. I got I got all the contact clues throughout the film and I was able to figure it out early on. And I was right. And it felt very good. I watched the movie twice and it took me till the second viewing to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I can say like probably like Andy has this too is having ADHD. You recognize a lot of patterns in shows and movies. So you often like spoil it for other people. You're like, Oh yeah, well they're spending a long time on this person at the beginning of this episode, which means they're going to get cut later on, you know, that kind of thing. So that's my, my read on this one. Um, I watch enough horror whodunits to know what, exactly what was going on here. It checked all the boxes that it felt like it needed to. Yeah. Two more questions here. Well, and then we can move on. 
Why was the prince's head so massive? You see that fucking <laughs> thing? It looked like he had nine wigs on. <laughs> He's like he did in, in the IMDb. It says that the prince wore nine wigs. <laughs> I felt bad for him. He's like, are there any kids to play with? I'm like, can you even keep your head up? I thought his neck was gonna snap. <laughs> the thing was massive. I thought he was gonna see the McAllisters and say, "Hey, you guys." <laughs> That would have been even better, though, because freaking he's at least a lovable character. <laughs> well, yeah. Chunk in there. Sloth, love, chunk. <laughs> fucking the movie's ten times better. Uh, French Stewart as chunk. Oh. Oh. You want to see my truffle shuffle? <laughs> Poor French Stewart, though, right? He's riding high on Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> He fucking comes in and he thinks he's making a good movie. And then he gets there and he goes, this is not the script you gave me. Like, what the fuck? No, I think they went to him like as a number two to Daniel Stern and he took it up yeah. right away. He's like, I'm not working right now. I got to get in something. <laughs> Why was he dressed like Harry, though? I, great point. <laughs> yeah, Director, wardrobe. I, I like, thought, come on. I, I thought he switched characters i'm like wait i gotta rewatch the first one because i'm That's like a problem i didn't go yeah. back and watch the, the first one recently <laughs> so i i didn't realize how bad it actually was on top of all that it was just bad yeah that definitely made it worse to, to bill's point too when they go in for the uh when they're going in as waiters for the event he's wearing the entire outfit like the trench coat underneath his like <laughs> chef coat i'm like what the fuck he's wearing the hat i'm like this dirty person's like handing out hors d'oeuvres at this fancy party like i don't think so that doesn't track for me i thought it was in silent bob for a bit though <laughs> it does track the rich don't pay attention to their servers he walked right in with a tray they just took off of it and that was it this isn't a fully developed idea yet but i kind of think what they should have done with this movie Instead, that would have made it much better. They should have done a Home Alone body swap movie. I think they could have done like a maybe, Freaky Friday. Yeah, maybe it's like Kevin and Peter. Maybe it's maybe it's Kevin and Harry. Maybe it, whatever. But I feel like they they should have done a body swap movie because that's more in line with the like I wish my family didn't exist kind of thing. And yeah. I feel like they could have done a great body swap movie for Home Alone. Just saying. I would love so, to see like Kevin showing up at like a board meeting for Peter McAllister. Like I'm the father. <laughs> so that's what I did today. I watched the family swap, which is the new family body swap movie before I watched home alone Four. Oh, wow. there's a new, there's a body, new body swap movie. Yeah. Ed Helms and Jennifer Garner straight to Netflix. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Dang. Significantly love- better than Home Alone 4. Um, <laughs> doesn't say much, though. Yeah, that bar's pretty low. All right. Well, I know we all had really big feelings, almost as big as the prince's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He looked like he had a fucking football helmet on with a wig over it. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody freeze frame that and just measure the size of his head in comparison to like anything in that scene? It's like lar- larger than one of the wheels on the car. Like I'm just saying. Okay. Anyway, that poor kid never acted again either. They probably <laughs> they couldn't get a widescreen big enough for the. <laughs> it was 2002. Stop. Yeah. Again, he's an adult now, so I can make fun of him as being an ugly kid. Although he probably has a large head now too. <laughs> All right. This is why this is the Christmas craptacular, people. All right. You don't want controversy. Dude, he could be the new up. maniac cop with the head like that. Oh, I like Ooh. that. Just putting it out there. Put him in gremlins. No costume required. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the, ki- the Kevin could have been in gremlins. <laughs> you mean goonies? Gre- well, gremlins or goonies. Put him in either. All right. Now that we've shit on Home Alone 4, um, RIP. Rod Daniel, director. I'm sure this is not what he wanted to leave as his legacy, but he did, unfortunately. But he did sign up for it, and he did put his name to it, and he did release it. So. Oh, he took a paycheck. I, you're yeah. right, Andy. I got to blame him for this one. But at least he had a reason. He was not well. Wasting Nor- French yeah. students' talents. <laughs> I'd like to get more into French Stewart, but I feel like we need to move on for the sake of time. But Thank um, God. 
the funny thing was is I was trying to go through the, all the IMDb pages, and I was like, they don't have this listed as a, as a credit on their IMDb page, any of them. <laughs> but I realized it's because it's called The Wonderful World of Disney Home Alone 4. I was just looking for Home Alone 4. Oh. Like, okay. There's no conspiracy or cover up here. <laughs> just read it as more. I mean, that might be show. part of why they did it. Just to do it too. Next girl, it's a Disney one, whatever. <laughs> they have the money. <laughs> Got the check done. Thanks, yeah. Mickey. I thought maybe it was had to do with like um, a contract they had, but like Third Rock from the Sun, that was a Fox show, wasn't it? Or NBC? Disney was Ooh, ABC. It was, I think it was a Peacock show. I think it was NBC, right? Yeah, I think it was NBC. I don't remember. So it would have been ABC or Disney to do this. Made so I was like, no, it doesn't make ABC sense for, for anyway. I think it's time to move on to the song of the hour here, <laughs> um, and that's Linda Bennett's "An Old Fashioned Christmas." In parentheses, Daddy's Home. <laughs> Abby, can you take us through why you brought this song to our attention and ruined our lives? <laughs> um, I was sitting one morning doing my morning TikToking while I got ready for work, and it ruined my life. And I decided you all needed your lives ruined in the same exact way. Thanks, Abby. Can you walk You're us through what this song <laughs> means to you or what it's about? Um, I don't know. Do we want spoilers? I think that's one of the greatest things about the song is uh, hearing it for the first time and having your brain explode. <laughs> Quite the roller coaster. That's roller, fair. Roller coaster ride of emotions, this song is. So we're not going to tell you what this song is about, but the song is called An Old Fashioned Christmas, parentheses, Daddy's Home by Linda Bennett. You can find it on YouTube. And we listened to it as a group. And it took us on a roller coaster ride of emotions. Um, man, could this be the worst Christmas song of all time? It's up, it's there. up there. I mean, Christmas Shoes is another terrible one. Um, so if you haven't mm. listened to Christmas Shoes either, you know, listen to that too, and you'll be like, wow, these suck. What blows my mind about this song is I believe that it came out in the 50s. And I just can't imagine that sense of humor in the 50s. Like people, I felt like people are too proper for this song in the 50s. I don't know. I think, I think it's a serious song. That's what I it's think is the worst part about song. it. It says a rare gem recorded by Linda Bennett in 19. 19- 75. Oh, 75. Okay. That's at least better, but still 75. That's. I think she was serious, though. That's what's so bad about it is it's sung. It's such a serious song. And you're like, literally, you're listening to it and you're like, oh my God. It's kind of like listening to an episode of Punked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Like Ashton Kutcher is going to like throw in there. I'm going to piggyback off that. And I think, um, so this is 1975. People are all into their happy days phase. Maybe we're going back to that 50s nostalgia and then just throwing a whole monkey wrench into it. With a 50s bus. nostalgia, killing your husband. What? <laughs> You're not fantasizing about your husband being dead on his way home to work at Christmas Eve. Well, <laughs> I think there- days. I feel like there's a shift because so there's not a ton of modern Christmas songs that aren't just redone versions of older Christmas songs. But the Christmas songs of like pre-1980 are all about how you need to just be appreciative of everything because it could be so much worse. It feels like it's this level of like stop worrying about getting something for Christmas or stop worrying about um, how you're going to be better off after Christmas and start thinking about how you could be so much worse. It feels like that was like the whole theme of Christmas music for a long time. And this song is not much different, but it takes it's again, different. It's definitely different. It's that like though, like that generation, like when they say like, Oh, you know, you're upset because your shoes got holes in them. You know what? There's someone out there that doesn't even have feet. And you're like, great, Dad. It doesn't mean that my feet aren't cold, though, because my fucking shoes have holes in them. Like, all right, I get life is shitty for people. Like, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't make it life better. 
downing yep. other people. Andy, that's a solid point. Parents of that generation were gatekeeping suffering. Yeah. Right? Like, always. Like, always gatekeeping suffering. Oh, I'm so sorry that your gloves aren't good enough for the winter. You know what? There's people that don't even have coats. Yeah, and they live in a warm climate, jackass. All it right? has nothing to do with the fact Negative. that nothing to do with the fact that you're not working hard enough at work and you're staying in this entry level position. Well, I gotta sit here with a television from 1921. I have no gloves. I've had pneumonia three times this season. You're here telling me you someone might have had a four. You don't want to drive me because the gas is too expensive. So I gotta walk with these holes in my shoes. Yeah, stop deflecting, mom. All right. <laughs> Dad's a drunk, all right? Just admit it. He's never going to, he, he doesn't love you anymore. He ain't going to die on the way home on the bus like the song says, Mom. He don't go to work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. He figured first. it out. That's the most spoiler we're going to give you. <laughs> I love how it's like, I'm not, we're not going to spoil it for you. No Andy. survivors. You realize you can't give Andy a secret or a clue without him telling it. <laughs> You right. said we were going to play the song in the background. Let's do password uh, daddy's home edition here. Andy, uh, explain the plot of this uh, song without saying anything as part of the plot. All right, Andy, your your word is, is raven. You can't say it at all. Got it. It's a raven. Fuck. <laughs> at least it's a black make... bird. He's a raven. Quote right. the raven nevermore. <laughs> Door so, close. <laughs> do us a favor. Go on, listen to Linda Bennett's An Old Fashioned Christmas. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Hopefully it doesn't ruin your entire holiday spirit and season. <laughs> but remember, but it, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be so much worse. <laughs> All right. With that said, I believe we're going to go into a couple rounds of some trivia and some F. Mary Kill. Abby, I'll let you pick whatever you think is the next on the docket for this Christmas craptacular 2023 featuring the PCB peeps. Yeah, so we're going to spice up the festivities with a unique twist on the pod's favorite game. It's a season of joy, laughter, and a hint of mischief. Get ready for some festive fun as we play a seasonal rendition of the game you know and love. Pay attention to the categories, boys, because I put a twist on the good old fuck, Mary kill, especially for Andy and his mom. But to <laughs> kick it you. off, we'll start with the OG version. Eric, you're going to be up first. Bring it on. You have a fuck, Mary kill. Tim Allen is Santa. Billy Bob Thornton is Santa. Or Jonathan Taylor Thomas is Santa. I'm going to kill Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Santa. Right Clearly. out of the gate. What? Yep. What? Done. Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna f Billy Bob Thornton because Angelina Jolie seemed like she had a good time, <laughs> and I'm gonna marry Tim Allen because t without Tim Allen, Andy wouldn't have kids, and I want to appreciate him for that. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, we're gonna go Bill next. Bill, All right, Jingle Bill, you it's have. The Chill, Mary, Snuggle. Ooh. Chill, Mary, Snuggle? Chill, Mary, Snuggle. Okay. Yours are Kermit as Bob Cratchit, <gasps> Fozzie Bear as Fozzie Wig, and what? Rizzo the Rat. Awesome. What? Okay. I'm going to chill with Rizzo because... Yes. <laughs> you got to. Um... I'm going to marry uh, Kermit for sure. I'm going to snuggle up with Fozzie because Fozzie's the most snuggable. That was this the right the answer. Greatest, Abby, Abby, this was the greatest Christmas present ever. <laughs> most salad ever. You didn't even have to kill anyone. Right? Oh, life is good. All right, Jared, you have films. You're going to chill, marry, kill. Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Frosty the Snowman? Build Santa's coming to town, I think. And what were the other two? One, one of Jill them? Jill and Mary. We'll, we'll marry Frosty the Snowman and chill the other one. 
chill with Rudolph. All right. All right. I'd chill with Rudolph for sure. Those three are all the same film to me. So, yeah. (laughs) They're all the same. It's also been about 15 years. (laughs) All right, Andy. You have Savor, Devour, or Trash? Ooh. Chex Mix, Candy Nuts, and Cracker Candy. All right, so I'm going to savor the nuts. <laughs> I'm going to trash the cracker candy. And I'm going to eat the Chex Mix. What? <laughs> Why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I like savory nuts. Now. I don't get it. That's, so funny. That's not what you said. <laughs> You said, matter of factly, I'm going to savor the nuts. <laughs> Come on, oh. you got to savor nuts. What, you, what else are you going to do with them? You could have devoured the nuts. <laughs> I mean, that's true. You could have, but I mean, Chex Mix is so good. <sighs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, but, quick, quick thing, real When Andy wears his fedora, doesn't it kind of look like the snow miser? <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> That's actually why I bought it. I was like, all right, this is going to be a good Snowmiser Halloween costume. I'll Photoshop that one and put it on Instagram. No more. I'm Mr. Snowmiser. I'm Mr. Negative One. Wow. So much wow. All right, Eric, you're up next. You have Savor, Devour Trash again. Fudge, Sugar Cookies. And gingerbread. Oh. Um, devour the fudge, savor the sugar cookies, and Ooh. trash them fucking gingerbreads. What? Get out of town. Garbage. Get out of town. Right? Sugar cookies are the worst. You're for real. What? Yeah, dude. I don't see any gingerbread in July, Bill. Fuck out of here. I do it all the time, bro. It's a holiday treat. It doesn't have to be. Go save your nuts, Andy. (laughs) I am going to save her. Get off my gingerbread and go save her some nuts. (laughs) I can't. Um, Bill. Yeah. You have jam, slam, or throw it in the can. Those are all the same thing. <laughs> right? Okay. Bill does I love not it. know I the difference that. between those love things. <laughs> let's, let's see what we got here. All right. We have... <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Dominic the donkey. And the 12 oh. days of Christmas. Oh, wait. Uh, what was the last one again? I'm sorry. The 12 days of Christmas. Okay. All right. Oh, no. Rose slam, slam grandma. Dominic the donkey. <laughs> you got to slam grandma. You got to do it. I He's going to jam it in her can. <laughs> Dominic is Italian Christmas donkey. You got to save this guy. Right. Yeah, I, I, oh, I will. I will. I will. So, jam is... Dominic the donkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw Grandma. I got ran over by a reindeer in the can. Damn. You're throw it in Grandma. Gonna, Come on. I'm gonna. Can I jam out with uh, the Twelve Days of Christmas, the pop punk version? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That counts, awesome. right? Sweet. That's my list. <laughs> Isn't this all pizza in that one? I I was trying really hard to make this a nice PG Mary Kill round. You thought telling Bill to jam, slam, or throw it in a can was going to be PG? (laughs) (laughs) Like a light Tuesday for him. (laughs) Andy, you have chill, marry, or kill. Okay. The original Grinch. The newest Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch or the Jim Carrey Grinch? Uh, um, Don't do it. That second one is a thing. I'll marry the 
the Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch. What? <laughs> I'm going to throw Let in the cook. can the old Grinch. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to chill with Jim Carrey Grinch because he seems way more chillable. And I think the old Grinch would try to kill me. Throw it in the can was not one of your choices. Oh, was that? Oh. <laughs> Am I supposed to slam it? Then I'll slam the old Grinch. <laughs> I got to write these down. Okay. He what, what what was he gonna do with the guy, cucumber patch guy? <laughs> I said Mary. Was oh, Mary one patch. of my choices? Okay. I didn't have Mary either. Oh, you no. did have Mary. You had oh, okay, kill Mary kill. Oh kill. I'll kill the old Grinch. Okay. okay. All right. Um, Jared, I'm gonna give you yours. You're gonna have two options for the way to go. So I have it written as dad, bad, and sad. But you could do dad, daddy, and stepdad. Don't do that one, Jared. <laughs> I do not want to see myself, daddy. What did you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to do sad, dad, and bad. So you have Clark Griswold, Scott Calvin, which is Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, or Walter Hobbs, which is the dad who hates Elf. What's it going to be, sad daddy? <laughs> uh, the, the elf guy's bad. Although, again, uh, what was number two? Scott Calvin from the Santa Claus. Sad. That's sad. And then dad for number three. Perfect. Yeah, Clark. Okay, Clark. Clark Griswold. All right, Eric. Hide, befriend, ignore. Gizmo, the Grinch, and Oogie Boogie. <laughs> ignore Oogie Boogie. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what are the first two again? Gizmo or the Grinch? No, what are the my choices? Oh, hide or befriend. I got to befriend Gizmo. Hide the Grinch. Yeah. Perfect. Strong agree. All right. The last Oogie one boogie. of these oh is for Bill. What was that? So, frenemy, bestie, or no one? Oh, Marv, God. Harry, or new Marv? Oh, <laughs> oh Fuck. Can we bring Kill back? <laughs> or throw it in the air? <laughs> um, Newmarv is definitely no one. That should not exist. That's a... Um, I'm going to go a frenemy with Harry. Like, Har Harry's smart, but he's going to get you in some trouble. And, and Marv is definitely a bestie. I mean, he'll go through some shit with you. Just don't let them around the sinks. It's not 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 a good doesn't end well. Always with the water. Yeah. Always with the water. Well, that was the fuck Mary Kill snuggle buggle luggle round. <laughs> um, are you ready for some trivia? Yeah. So get ready to test your knowledge and dive into the realms of movies, music, and the decades. So we're challenging the boys with three thrilling rounds of brain teasers to challenge your cinematic, musical, and historical expertise. I will say we kind of blew some of these questions already, but whatever. Do um, we jam them too or cram them or slam it in their cans? <laughs> Not yet. Snuggled. Okay. I'm never going to be allowed to do Fuck, Mary Kill again, am I? Um, Jared, your first question is, how old is Kevin in Home Alone 1? Nine. Holy shit! Uh, no. Ten. Eight. Shit, other way. Yeah. Um, Andy, according to It's a Wonderful Life, what happens every time a bell rings? An angel gets its wings. Ooh, one point for ya. Hallelujah! And I Bill. also want to say, having an eight-year-old, I'm like, oh my god, can you imagine? 
leaving him home alone. I considered it a couple weeks ago and he's only seven. (laughs) (laughs) Then I thought I might go to jail, so I didn't. But he was sick and I had to drive the other one to school. And I was like, he would definitely stay home alone. (laughs) (laughs) I just lost the scorecard. We have Bill. Die Hard takes place on Christmas Eve in what city? Los Angeles. Correct. Hallelujah! Eric, what is the name of the little girl who befriends the Grinch in the 2000s version of the Grinch? I believe that is uh, Bucktooth Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> Correct. Hallelujah! That is incorrect. Her name is Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> he added. The- they gave her okay. chiclet teeth on purpose. Oh, fuck. <laughs> she Legos in her mouth. Who? From Whoville. <laughs> All right. Next category is music. Jared, what is the best-selling Christmas single of all time? The Mariah Carey one, right? No. Holy shit! What? Really? Anybody have a guess? Michael. That was going to be my guess. Uh, best. Do I, we have to guess the artist or just the song? Either. Oh, uh, Merry Christmas! I fucked your snowman by the Showcase Showdown. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, are we guessing the song or the artist? I know yes. right now. Uh, no one's so, gonna get it. Is it the only one I know Rudolph of the famous one is White Christmas? It is White Christmas. <gasps> is it really? By oh, Bing Cosby. Hey, favorite one. That's the only one. I, oh, that's the guy who did it. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just, she plays it. I don't know. It's always Mariah Carey, White Christmas. So I'm like, oh, I all right, Andy. <laughs> Hopefully you've heard some other songs. What comes next in Wham's Last Christmas? Once bitten and twice shy, I keep my distance. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day. Wait, now I lost myself. Shit, what's the line again? (laughs) (laughs) Until you caught my eye. All right, someone else. Holy shit. (laughs) But you still catch my eye. Correct. Tell me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I feel like. You should start over on the song and just sing it from the beginning. (laughs) So close. All right, Bill. Okay. What singer is widely known as the King of Christmas? Oh, um, oh, fuck. Bing Crosby? No. Holy shit! I'm Perry Cuomo. <laughs> no. For our lives. <laughs> no. Michael Bublé. He's a commie. Yes, Michael Bublé. <laughs> oh, shit, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But I... Double checked all these answers and somehow that one auto corrected to Mariah Carey. So Mariah <laughs> Carey is also the king of Christmas. <laughs> of course she is. Attracts. Speaking of which, Eric, what year was All I Want for Christmas? All I Want for Christmas is you released. Um, that's a good one. I feel like it's got to, I remember being really big, like 03, like 0203. I'll say 03. Holy shit! Does anyone else have a different guess? Um, I'm going to say earlier. 98? 2001. No, it's got to be low 90s. Um, <coughs> I'm trying to think of how old I was. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, fuck. When the- it was 1994. Oh, oh. I guessed it right at the end. When did it really get big, though? It wasn't big right away. Isn't it just big every year? I thought it it, was in a bunch of movies like in the same year, and that's when it really blew up. No? Probably. 1994. All right. Um, We're on to decades. Awesome. We're going to start with Jared. In what decade did Coca-Cola start using Santa Claus in ads? Oh, 
1930. 50. 50. Holy shit! The 1930s. Whoa. Old? Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Damn. In what... Oh, this is for Andy. In what decade did NORAD start tracking Santa on Christmas Eve? (laughs) Probably the 90s. Holy shit! This is the 1950s. Wow. What? Must have been doing it on the radio. (laughs) Uh, You know what? That makes sense. Easier to trick the kids. Santa's coming. So aren't the cabbies. (laughs) (laughs) For miles. All right, Bill. In what decade did Rockefeller Center start putting up a Christmas tree? The 1920s. Incorrect. Holy shit. It's the 1930s. And then Eric. Everything was happening in the 30s. (laughs) I would have gone the other way. What decade was the hula hoop the must-have gift? 1950s? Yeah. Hallelujah! The 50s or 60s. Isn't that when it was invented? (laughs) Yeah, which is probably why it was popular the year it was invented. Right? It's like, like, oh my God, I need a ring to whip around me. All right, we have two bonus questions. The first bonus question is for one point. The second bonus question is for two points. And just whoever says it, the correct answer first wins. How many films are in the Home Alone cinematic universe? Six. six. I heard Bill six first. Hallelujah. All right. And then this question, everyone gets a chance to guess. How many gifts were given in the 12 days of Christmas? Cumulative. 145. 48. No, you can't add. 90. You do math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 30, 32. No, wasn't it in the hundreds? Because there's 12 days, but you get them every day, right? You get permutation, 78. Right? Nine ladies. Wait, do you get it every time we sing, sing the round? Yeah, every oh, time. Shit. Yeah. Caitlin told me this the other day, too. So it's we 364. You get one for oh. almost every day of the year. Holy oh. shit. It's expensive. It's for Christmas. Nothing for Christmas. Um, so Bill and Eric, you ended up tied with two points each. <laughs> Woo. <Two> points. <laughs> That's how we do. That's all it. That's right. all I got. That's good. Jam it, can it, or what was it? (laughs) Slam it, jam it, stick it in the can it. (laughs) Before we decide to uh, end the ep here, I want to just get a quick uh, round the horn. What's like the one treat? We'll say Christmas themed or just around Christmas. What's the one treat that you have this time of year that's like your absolute go-to. Kind of curious. Andy. Buckeyes. It's the oh. only time my mom makes them. No affiliation with the Ohio State. Just the chocolate. Okay, team. good. None whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> that was about the solid pick. <laughs> the only good Buckeyes are those. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what about you? Um, so mine I, I don't do anymore, but um because I, I used to, uh, Marbreds. Exactly. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, cigarettes and there was a, a special Pepsi that came out with um, ice. I was <laughs> oh, still without ice. <laughs> but they put like this, like cinnamon in it or something. It was like a holiday Pepsi. It was terrible, but that didn't matter. Cause every year I would still buy that smoke like a pack of cigarettes and try and wrap presents at 2 AM. And listen to Adam and his package. Christmas tradition. (laughs) Jared, what's your treat? Uh, A little Italian lemon cookies. Yeah, those are good. Or whatever's around, honestly. Mine is a little Chex Mix. Um, I like Chex Mix with double the um, seasoning and, and sauce on it. Yes. Ooh, homemade only. Pumpernickel or no? I want no, but I like a bagel chips. 
Belcher. Yo, Pumpernickel's the way to go, Jared. That's yeah, what's right. up. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the kiss cookie. The Ooh. peanut butter cookie. Hershey kiss. With the Hershey kiss oh. pressed while they're yes! still warm. Yes. The kiss cookie, man. I don't know. Oh, that's legit. I'm now I'm thinking about the Buckeye though. Andy really got it with the Buckeye. <laughs> Similar yeah. concept, different execution. Chocolate oh. peanut butter, though. Those are the flavors of Christmas to me. For sure. All right. Andy wanted to leave us with an inspiring message before this episode ends. So we're gonna kick it over to him to tell us why we should just be grateful for Christmas because it could be a lot worse. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. Listen, to our viewers out there, we wanted to say thank you. We love you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. We were downing on Christmas, but we all know it's a fun time. And we love the fact that you guys listen, and we hope you have a good time. Merry Christmas. Worst day of your life so far. (laughs) That was beautiful, Andy. Thank you. Preach. (laughs) Preach. Well, we're going to be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode, which I believe is going to be our favorite TV show theme songs of the 90s, which is going to be a banger of a list. We promise to deliver on this one because this is really our wheelhouse here. In the meantime, we hope that you do have a Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah. I don't know all the entirety of all the religions out there for celebrations of this time, but please go out what and do your thing. happy holidays is for. Yeah, happy holidays. Cover some all. Jared's one of those people. Don't tell me Merry Christmas. I want happy holidays. Say whatever the fuck mm. you want, but it's easier if you're trying to get them all. Yes, happy holidays. Happy holidays for everybody. Or a good day great. for everyone. Enjoy them. All right? Yes. Peace out and joy. Like that. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.